0: and to do your will by sharing your love with each other. We ask in the name of the one who was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Amen. It is great to have everybody here tonight. Uh, you know, um, I'm glad that y'all braved the weather. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, this evening will be a uh, will be a good evening for you, uh, you know, as we listen and as we, uh, you know, do what God would have for us to do. All right.
1: I know that um, many of us are used to come here on Tuesday nights for the Hour of Power. Just want to remember uh, that this week began the week that they've taken off until January, so the Tuesday night hour of power will resume in January. In the meantime, we've come tonight to worship, and uh, we're going to sing songs of adoration and love of of what God uh, is to us, who he is to us, what he's done for us. So if you'll stand as we uh, sing out, and uh, the chorus of this song says it all, Oh, come, let us adore him. You don't adore something you don't absolutely have affection and love for, right? You can't adore it unless you know you have that love. So we're going to do that tonight as we uh, continue in our Advent uh, theme of love.
2: happy more
1: 16 tells about the love that was so great that a man named god sent his only son to die for us but before he was able to die he was born as a child and uh, and and as we are preparing our hearts for december the 25th this earthly advent we also need to be preparing our hearts and our lives for that eternal advent when he comes again he will come that advent is just around the corner we don't know the time of the day but we know what will happen And we must be ready, but we can be thankful that we have a love so great that it takes our sins away. And it began with a man who said, I don't care. I don't care what others may say or think about me. I'm going to do something radical. I'm going to do something crazy. I want to give up my son. For a bunch of people who have turned their backs on me. Some would even say that's a little reckless. And when we use that word reckless, a lot of times we think it's really negative. but It's a beautiful metaphor of how God loves us. That he loved us so much that all abandon went out the window. All things that would keep a normal person saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Kept him from saying that. He said, no, I will give my one, my only son to die for a bunch of people who many don't even know my name. One day, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But until that day comes, we have a message to, pro- pro- uh, to proclaim, to, to tell others about. And it begins simply with love. So as we continue to worship, this next song is a mashup, if you will, of two songs. One of my bo- most favorite Christmas hymns, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, with, uh, with the, the song Reckless Love. You may have heard it on the radio. You may have heard it playing in pastor's office. I heard it uh, playing on his phone a little earlier. But um, the, the two mingle so well together and, and bring a message that, um, that he came because God gave up all of his inhibitions. To keep his son to himself. And say I want to share him with you. That's how much I love you. Let's worship. is instead of singing about Him. You see, I've got the words changed there. We'll praise Your name forever. Don't sing about Him. We're not going to say we'll praise His name forever. And we'll give Him all the glory, for He alone is worthy. We're going to sing to Him. So right now, take your worship from being vertical. We're not here. Focus on God. Take it to Him. And sing how good he is
2: to you as we continue to worship. We'll praise your name forever. We'll praise your name forever.
0: to make their way forward as we continue with this time of worship and praise uh, you know of God with our tithes and offerings uh, you know let's let's be vocal with the praise Marty can you lead us in prayer
3: Perfect child gently wakes. my mother bends to kiss God's face. I close my Go oh. ho!
0: Thank you, Robbie. Again, it is great to have everybody here. I do thank you all for coming out and braving the weather. So uh, we're continuing on in our, you know, in the series, uh, you know, this Christmas and looking at the first Christmas and the things that have happened And tonight, I want us to look at, uh, we're going to change and go to Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 1, we have to go down to verse 18 to find, uh, you know, the uh, scripture that talks about the birth of Jesus. So, as you turn there, I want to give you a couple of words or give you a word, some words that you can possibly picture in your mind. So, scariest. Scariest. Most difficult, confusing, puzzling, bewildered, mystified, wonderful, amazing, special, glorious, inexplainable, exciting, gripping, intoxicating powerful, terrifying, but the most wonderful day. So what day would that be for you? What day would that be? The day that Peggy and I lived in this little two-bedroom apartment, and I walked by the laundry room slash bathroom slash pantry. And there's this there's this little dujimaflaki that says pregnant or not pregnant. And it said pregnant. And yes, all of those words came rushing into my mind. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Am I ready to be a father? After all, I had only been married to Peggy for a year and a half. We'd been married for two years whenever Andrew came along. And I was like, really? Am I ready to be a father? like really was I ready to be a husband most probably not but we here we were and I come into this and it's just all of these things just flood in and just overwhelm you and overwhelmed me what I felt with our first child being born hmm how do you think Joseph felt? Today we're going to look at Joseph and we're going to look at his part in this story. And it says, you know, this is now Jesus, or this is how Jesus the Naz- or the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will give and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet look The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So who is Joseph? Joseph, we find here in this passage of Scripture, Uh, it tells us that Joseph is a righteous man. In the biblical days and what we understand through this and being a righteous man, Joseph would have been someone that was revered uh, you know, by his fellow, uh, you know, pe- you know, by his friends and the, all the people around him, as being someone that was worthy of the word that he spoke or that he was trustworthy in the words that he spoke. Uh, righteousness would also give us this indication that Joseph had a knowledge of God and had a knowledge of God's Word that he would be found to be righteous. So we need to contemplate this righteous because Paul tells us that he was righteous. Remember? Remember? You know, he said that I am righteous. If there was ever a Pharisee that was righteous, I would have been one. But yet he was killing Christians. So the righteousness that we get with Paul and the righteousness that we have with Joseph gives us this understanding that both of them had a biblical knowledge. They knew who God was by the Word of God, or through the Word of God. But Paul didn't necessarily know God as his Savior in his heart, because he was persecuting the Son of God, or the believers, the followers of the Son of God. So righteousness, being found righteous we go into Luke chapter 1 and we look at verse 27 and in verse 27 of Luke it tells us that you know that he was a descendant of King David so we also find there in Matthew it told us that he was also a descendant of David so uh, you know Joseph had a key part in scripture whether he really realized it or not so I want you to listen to this.
4: It was the scariest, um, most difficult, confusing, exciting, most wonderful day of my life. I mean, I mean, when you when you realize that God is allowing you to be a father, I, I don't, I don't know what to compare that to. And then, on top of that, when you when it, when it seems that he's deemed you fit to be the stepfather to his son, that's a, that's overwhelming. Um, he's a he's perfectly healthy, happy baby boy that um, came into the world. I guess just like most every other kid, you know. Um, I, I get why they call it labor. <laughs> I, I mean, since I was 12, I've worked every day of my life, but I, I've never worked as hard as Mary worked that night. She was, she was amazing. And then not just that night. I mean, through all of it, through through the months of people talking about us behind our back, and um, the week-long journey to Bethlehem. And then, and then we get there, and she, she, she takes an ordinary feeding trough and uh, and turns it into a cradle. And none of it seemed to faze her. She's amazing. And you know what? Through through all of it, I never heard her once ask why, why. You know, she just. she just did everything God asked her to do and if she didn't understand why things happened she knew God was in control she just she, she, she followed his will I, I, get, I get it man I get why God chose her I really do what I don't Understand. It's why he chose me.
0: So, who is Joseph? Joseph is a person, he's the third character in this story that we have about the birth of Jesus Christ he is the one that we could say is part of this or he's a key part he's he's got to be there Uh, you know he's the descendant of David so we we see that he's this part but man Mary Mary is is blessed. Mary has found favor with God. Mary has this uh, you know part in the scripture uh, you know her uh, magnifica where she praises God for uh, you know for this and, and for the life and for all that he has done for her. Joseph In all of the plays that we have ever seen, Joseph has very little to say or to do. There's a lot of times in the manger scenes, we get Joseph confused with the shepherd, you know, that come to visit Jesus. He's, He's just kind of there. But yet, he is. A very key and a very vocal part of this story because see you know this is the third time that God has spoken you know since the 400 years in the 400 years so remember he comes back and he speaks to you know to Zacharias you know through the angel Gabriel and tells him that John the Baptist is going to be born and then Gabriel comes and speaks to Mary and now Gabriel comes or God speaks to, uh, you know, to Joseph in a dream. But let's go back and let's look at Zacharias. Whenever Zacharias heard, uh, you know, the angel and heard what the angel said, what did he do? He questioned. He said, how can this be? I'm old, and my wife is old. We can't have children. So then the angel says, "Okay, because you question me, I'm going to curse you, and you can't talk. You know, uh, until the angel is, or until the baby is born." And then you have Mary. Now Mary's question, we really don't, you know, Mary's just simply wondering how in the world is this going to happen because I'm a virgin. But she still asks the question, how? But then she says, I'm willing to be and to do whatever you would want me to do. The scripture just simply says that Joseph heard what the angel said or heard the message. And he got up. And he took Mary. Mary. To be his wife. But he didn't have relationships with her. Until after the baby was born. Joseph, this man of God. This person that is deemed to be righteous. Whenever he was told. That the child that Mary is carrying. Is a holy child. And then he hears those words that says, I want you to be his father. Who? goodness gracious. How many of you would have wanted to have been the father of Jesus? Anybody here want to volunteer to be the father of Jesus? The Messiah? The son of God? Joseph gets up and he does what God asked him to do, similar to Mary. I'll do this. I think the actor in that video used some, some words that I think is really interesting for us because you know, he said that God asked him to be Jesus' stepfather. Not his father, but his stepfather. I want us to kind of picture this because for us and for me, and, and what I'm looking and thinking about here is, is that, uh, you know, God is allowing us, or He is an allowing God, and He is allowing us to partake in His plan. Whenever Jesus comes in and He speaks after the 400 years of silence, He begins to work through His plan. He says, I have planned from the beginning of time or before time that there was going to have to be a Savior. And he begins working through this plan. And we see in Joseph that Joseph sees that God is allowing him to be a part of this magnificent plan that God has allowed or that God has set forth. He is willing to be a stepfather. But how many of you have ever thought about this? That the children that you have, God has allowed you to be the stepfather or the stepmother to those children. Because whenever we bring them to the altar and we dedicate them to God, We do what? We're giving them to God. They're gods. We also go and we also have to think, and, you know, everything that we have, God has given to us, right? Can you say that with me? Everything that I have, God has given to me. So if everything that you have God has given to you then your children are part of that so therefore God is allowing you to be stepmothers and stepfathers to these children because they're His. They're not yours. Yes, you gave birth to them but they're not yours. They're His. And we are supposed to Teach them, and we are supposed to, uh, you know, be mothers and fathers to them in the manner in the way that He has set for us. I, I know that I, I know I'm not off on this, but it's hard for us to understand it. It's hard for us to to really take this in. You know, I have heard. Many, many mothers, whenever their child was sick, or or even whenever they're not, they they talk about the child and they're they're like, you know, I will give everything for that child. And I'm like, are you willing to give them up? Because they're, they're not yours. Are you willing to let them go? We're just simply a part of this. But see, we are a part of God's plan of salvation. He's an allowing God. He is allowing, He allows us to be His hand and His feet, to be His light unto this world. We're the ones that are supposed to show His love to our neighbors. Show his love to this world. He allows us to partake in that. Do you not think he could do it on his own? He just wants us to be a part of it. Joseph gladly steps in. We also hear these words. I get why He chose her. But I don't understand why He chose me. Why did He choose me? Why do we not feel worthy of God to call us? See, I, I, I don't think that we should... Uh, you know, ask, or we should say, uh, you know, why are you asking me? You know, whenever we look at this, the question should be, why not? After all, why would God ask you to be a Sunday school teacher? Why would God even ask you or somebody here to, you know, to be a missionary? Why would God ask you to work with our children's department? There's a lot of reasons that we can go back and we can say, well, I don't have this ability. You know, the children's department, oh my goodness, I don't have patience with kids. Ah, That's just not me. You know, there's there's also times and stuff whenever, you know, we look at this and we think about being a Sunday school teacher. You know, I don't have that ability to teach. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that God knows your faults. There are times and stuff in our lives that God Presents something to us, or God asks or has a task that He wants for us to do. Some of those times we don't feel worthy of it. Some of the times we do just like Joseph, and we're like, God, I I understand why you call Chris to play the guitar. He has the talent. I don't have any rhythm, God, so why in the world are you going to call me to play the guitar for the praise and worship team? I get those. But there are times whenever God calls us and He wants us specifically. You know, I struggled. Going through the school of ministry because it took me so long. You know, I was trying to be a husband, I was trying to be a father, I was trying to work a job, and I was trying to go to school, you know, take the classes. You know, it it took a long time for me to do that. Plus, I was never that good of a student to begin with, so I had to work extra hard at the classes. Lo and behold, I I lost my job as a supervisor or as a manager at a radio shack. And, oh man, I I fell to pieces. And then I went to the school and I I don't know why I went to a school to see if I could find a job at a school. You know, because I really don't like, well, I do too. I I was going to be a youth pastor. So I kind of figured I'd, you know, I'll hang out with the kids, and and I'll be able to learn from them a little bit. So I got the job at the school, but what was the job at the school? I was a custodian. Oh, man. What entails, what's part of a custodian's job? If they make a mess, you have to clean it up, right? So that means if somebody throws up, you have to clean it up, right? Hmm. Mm -hmm. The first time that I had to clean it up, the office secretary and the school treasurer was standing at one end of the hallway laughing at me as I was gagging, trying to clean this up. And I'm like, God, really? This is really the place that you want for me to be? You know, I I played basketball in high school and I played baseball in college. You know, why couldn't I be a coach? That would have been a whole lot simpler, right? Before the first year was over of me being the custodian there, I had a night, I had a once a week night Bible study that had 45 to 50 high school students. Because they had the opportunity to speak with each one of the children. I didn't know, but God knew. We question, why me? And God's like, why not you? I gave you the abilities. After all, do you not trust my plan? See, Mary said, Mary said whatever you have for me, whatever you want. Joseph, he's, he's, he has the dream and, and the angel tells him what he's supposed to do and he's like, okay. I will take Mary to be my, my wife. And he does what God has asked him to do. How many of you Whenever you had your your first child, that your life was the same the day before you had your first child? What? It, no? You mean your your life changed after the first child was born? Did it? See, I have to. I, I have to tell this story because you know it, it affects me so much. Our first son was born, Andrew. You know, and you know it was really great. You know, uh, we moved into the first you know into our you know into a new house, so we actually now had a two bedroom you know house. Uh, you know, not a two bedroom trailer that that was a house. And the bedroom was, his bedroom was right next to our bedroom. You know, and you know, so we bring him home. And everything's going really good. And, and then he wakes up real late at night, actually early, early in the morning. I'm like, Peggy, I think he's hungry. Peggy, I think he's hungry. See, Peggy's completely deaf in one ear. So what does she do? The ear that she can hear out of, that's the ear she sleeps on. So she can't hear anything. I'm like, I can't feed him. But I have to wake up because I have to wake her up. Man, it changed our lives. We almost got snow today. And I really like snow and i can remember the first snow that we had and andrew was big enough to walk around and he had on this you know this snow suit uh, you know he looked like the you know a miniature uh, you know uh, you know uh, stay puff marshmallow man michelin man yeah the marshmallow man uh, you know he's walking underneath the trees and stuff and every tree he walked underneath i would hit it and snow would fall on him and he'd, he'd go, eh, and then he'd shake it off and keep walking, and I'd hit another one. I loved it, man. I had a ball. I was like, yes, but see, my life was never the same. Whenever God comes to us and God asks us to do something, and we are willing to do what he asks us to do, our life will never be the same. See, Mary said it last week. She said that my life was changed the moment I saw him. Joseph's life was changed the moment that he got up from this bed and he took Mary to be his wife. He accepted what God had placed before him. He says, God, if this is what you want me to do, And you're going to allow me to be the Messiah's stepfather. Then that's what I'm going to do. And Joseph became the stepfather of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. For Joseph and for Mary and for the people in those days. Jesus was no longer, or God was no longer, far off at a distance. God was right there, right there with them. The Messiah, God himself in flesh, right there. He says, this is my plan. This is the Messiah. The Savior of the world. And He will change your life from the moment you accept Him into your life. From the moment that you allow Him to be a part of you. Your life will never be the same will never be the same because the presence of God became present and that's where we're at you know we're talking about God's love today and you know the focus and the focus of this is is that For us, yes, He wants us to allow Him to use us in His ministry. But He wants to change our lives forever and ever. My oldest son, the one that changed my life, He's 26 years old, and He is still changing my life. As long as we allow God to continue to be in our lives and in our hearts, He will continue to change us. He will continue to work in our lives until until we breathe our last Until we're that finished product, He will always be at work in our lives. As long as we allow Him to be a part. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you for each one that's here today. You know, God, I pray to your Lord that as we continue to think about this Christmas and this first Christmas and what it meant. You know, God, you changed Joseph's life. You changed Mary's life. You know, God, you change our lives every single day. God, I pray to your Lord that we will continue to allow you to work in our lives and to stir our hearts. To be the person that you need for us to be. So that we can accomplish the work that you have for us to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen.